friends in Windsor. It's uh, wonderful to have you joining us. We are continuing our While You Were Sleeping series, and uh, this weekend we're thinking about hearing from God, hearing from God, and we're going to look at the call of young Samuel. So if you've got a Bible, don't worry if you haven't, but if you've got a Bible, 1 Samuel 3 and verses 1 through 10 is what we're going to look at as we think about hearing from God. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. I have a confession that I need to make, and it involves sin. So, just lean forward slightly. Uh, Folks in Windsor, you can join us too. This is going to be kind of difficult. Uh, It goes back 40 years, and I feel it's about time I just got this off my chest, okay? So, I'm going to just share this with you. I was in in Bible college 40 years ago, uh, at the age of two, and... uh, Back there in Bible College, I shared a dorm with a, a dormitory with a guy who uh, really wanted to serve the Lord, but he was terrified. He was absolutely terrified that the Lord might call him to be a missionary. He just didn't want to do that. And so he told us about this, and he just kept on and on about this. Not only that, but he snored at night. And so we thought, we're going to get this dude. So one night, he's fast asleep, and he is snoring. And about six, this is terrible, about six of us gathered around his bed while he was sleeping. And for about 20 minutes, we just said over and over, go to Africa, 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 come to Africa, go to Africa, go to Africa, go to Africa, go to Africa. It just went on and on and on. The next morning, he woke up, his eyes were big. He said, guys, you've got to pray for me. He said, all night long I heard, I heard voices calling me, go to Africa. And we said, wow, it's amazing. So he went out, he went outside the college, out on the, the parking lot to pray, and we snuck up on the roof. And while he's up there, he's out there praying, saying, Lord, I'll do anything. And we're up on the roof going, go to Africa, go to Africa. <laughs> really naughty. Anyway, he, he went to Africa. Uh, he, he's been a very successful missionary these last 40 years. What? Was that wrong? 
No, of course, he didn't, he didn't actually go. We, we told him a couple of years later, no, we told him later that day. But he was, he was terrified about the idea of God speaking to him. The truth, the often neglected truth, is that God really does speak. He does now and he has in history. And in this episode that we were just looking at, which took place 3,100 years ago or thereabouts in Israel, the sound of God's voice was desperately needed. Israel was in a mess. Uh, The the moral, spiritual condition of Israel at that time is summed up in just one verse in, in Judges 17. It says, There was no king in Israel, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. There was corruption, there was evil right at the heart of the leadership and the spiritual life of Israel. And God's answer to this terrible rot that had come among his people was to call a young man called Samuel, who was only 12 years old. Imagine that. The the Jewish historian Josephus records the tradition that Samuel was just 12 years old when God called him. This young man who was an apprentice of the ruling priest, Eli. He heard God. Now, now before we jump into this together, let's just say a couple of introductory things. First of all, this subject of hearing God's voice is very vital because if we don't understand it, we can kind of feel excluded. Have you ever been around Christians? They, They say stuff like, and the Lord told me. And, and you kind of feel like a guy on a moped next to a guy with a big Harley. You know that feeling? Like, wow, I mean, you know, they're so, they hear from God and then there's me. And not only that, but we need to understand that God does speak, but he's not just a GPS system or an ATM dispensing advice. We were created not just for directions, but for a relationship with God. He doesn't just want to communicate to us. He wants to have relationship and union with us. It's really important that we get that. Not only that, but there's a very vital theological truth in our, in our uh, consideration this weekend. And that is that we are not deists. A deist is someone who believes that God created the world or maybe created the world and then gave us the Bible and then effectively took off and isn't doing much else in the meantime. How many have ever heard that song? If you've, if you've not heard it, maybe I should sing it for you just to remind you. From a distance, God is watching us. If you know that, if you're familiar with that song, I need quite a lot of hands to go up to prevent me from singing. And some of you have never heard it, but you're lying for the sake of the rest of the congregation. It's important that we understand that God has not just given the Bible and then just taken off. When we say, our Father who is in heaven, a better translation of the Lord's Prayer would be, our Father who is in the heavens, which is also the space immediately around our body. God is not out there slightly to the left of Jupiter, but he's right here among us, with us, very much Involved. So let's have a look at this whole idea of God speaking. If you're following in the bulletin, follow it along, if you will. God speaks, but let's know firstly that he talks, but he's not talkative, and he is the disturbing God. 
He talks but is not talkative and he is the disturbing God. And I'll explain that more in a moment. Look at verses 3 and 4. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. God spoke to this young man and the great late Dallas Willard, wonderful writer, he says, why is it that we think that the biblical characters were different and God would never do anything like that with us? Why do we think in those kind of ways? God still speaks to people today. Hebrews 3, look at this. So, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And then Hebrews 3:13. but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness, we have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. And it's just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. And then again in the fourth chapter, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You see, most people think it's pretty normal to talk to God. To talk to God. Newsweek did a survey in America about prayer back in 1992. Now, things may have changed, but back in 1992, 78% of Americans said they prayed once a week or more. 57% said they prayed once a day. And of atheists and agnostics, which is 13%, or was back then, one in five of them said that they uttered some kind of prayer daily. Which is confusing, but we haven't got time to get into that right now. Uh, See, we've got this idea that talking to God is fine. However, that God talking to us is kind of weird. And so the comedian uh, Lily Tomlin says, why is it that when we speak to God, we are said to be praying, but when God speaks to us, we are said to be schizophrenic? Why is that? Now, now, there are reasons for that. First of all, the idea of God speaking to people, it's been made weird in the world, isn't it? Because some terrible things have been done by people who who said, God told me. Jim Jones, the 1978 Jonestown, Guyana tragedy, a cult leader who said God told him, and people didn't challenge that with tragic results. But not only that, it's it's been made weird in the church as well, because... We've all met those kind of spooky Christians who just, they, they, they just have 4,000 revelations a day. The Lord tells them what colour shirt to wear. Obviously, I wasn't listening to the Lord tonight. And, and, and they, 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 they kind of have these weird, these weird statements. You know, the Lord spoke to me and gave me this song. And then they sing it and you think he probably didn't want it, did he? It's kind of spooky and, and weird. I, I want to say that God speaks, but I don't think he's as talkative or chatty as some people try to make him sound. But he is not a, a silent spectator. God speaks. And if I can make this statement, it might make us sit up this weekend. God is disturbing. God is disturbing. You say, what do you mean? Well, God wants to come and disturb the status quo and change things. If Moses had believed that God didn't talk, then he'd still be in Egypt. Well, he wouldn't because he'd be dead in Egypt, but you get my drift. 
Nothing would have changed. God wants to speak to disturb the waters, to, to change things. The, the great writer G. Campbell Morgan said, you have never heard the voice of God and you say the day of miracles is past. He says, I am never disturbed. I make my own plans and live where I please and do as I like. And then he asked this rhetorical question, what do you mean by a disturbing element? Beloved, you are living still among the flesh pots and garlic of Egypt. You are still in slavery. You know no disturbing voice. God never points out for you a pathway altogether from the one you planned. Then, my brother, you are still in the land of slavery, in the land of darkness. God wants to speak because he wants to change things in us and in his world. So let's count ourselves in. Secondly, let's know that God speaks in a variety of different ways. God speaks in a variety of different ways. The boy Samuel, verse 1, ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. There are, there are different ways in which God wants to speak to us. Can I say this? God is always wanting to speak to us through Scripture through his word. But, you know, when we come to scripture, we need to let it get under our skin. We need to, to read it and reflect upon it and respond to it. But as we understand that God speaks through scripture, let's not realize that he hasn't limited himself to speaking through scripture, because follow along with me, the Bible doesn't say that God has limited himself to speaking through scripture. But we need to allow God's word to get under our skin. Be careful what you do with the Bible. Have you ever heard of those people? And maybe you've done it, and I've done it in my earlier years as a Christian. You know, you, you wanted to hear something from God, so you threw open the Bible and put your finger on a verse. Can I just say, I mean, God might have been gracious to you when you did that, but that's a terrible way. Biblical lottery is a bad way to treat the Bible. And it can get you into trouble as well. You've heard the, the old story, haven't you? The guy that did that and threw open the Bible and he put his finger on a verse. It said, and Judas went and hanged himself. I thought, oh dear, it's not terribly inspiring. I better try again. So he closed the Bible and threw it open again and put his finger on a verse and it said, go thou and do likewise. I thought, man, this is dodgy. Better try one more time. Closed the Bible, threw it open again, put his finger on a verse. It said, what thou doest, do quickly. Be careful with that, but God wants to speak through his word. He wants to speak through creation, through creation. As, we, as we're, we live in beautiful Colorado, Elizabeth Barrett Browning said, Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God, but only he who sees takes off his shoes. God can speak to us through our conscience, although our conscience is not infallible. God can speak to us through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I've experienced that in, in my life. Um, my grandmother was not a Christian, and uh, she didn't want to come to church. And one day, uh, I was going to be preaching at this church I was leading in England, and she decided to come along. And I'd prepared my message, and Saturday night, I went to bed, and all night, I dreamed a dream. Over and over, I heard the words, there is a there is a broad way and a narrow way. There was a broad way. All, all through the night, I just heard those words. So I, I woke up in the morning and checked my bed to make sure there were no Bible school students standing around saying the same thing 
over and over and I kind of had this sense that I should change my message to that Bible verse. So I did. Went along to church that morning. My grandma sat back there. She looked bored senseless. I got up to preach. She looked even more bored. I started into the sermon. I'm I'm thinking she is sleeping. And then suddenly I announced the scripture I was going to preach from. There's a broad way and there's a narrow way. She sat up. Eyes got big. At the end of the sermon, she decided to become a Christian. I went up to her and said, Nan, what happened to you? You look, you look like Lazarus before Jesus came by in church this morning. She said, I know. She said, I, I don't really know what was going on. She said, all I know is when you said there's a broad way and there's a narrow way, something hit me in the heart and I just had to respond. She said, I don't even know what you were talking about. Didn't listen to much more. Disgraceful. But the point is, I believe that God can speak in that way. Peter Marshall, who was a chaplain of the U.S. Senate, was out walking on the English moors, completely pitch black. Suddenly he heard a voice, Peter. And what is that? Stopped, carried on walking. Peter fell to his knees and as he fell to his knees, he put his hand down to steady himself. There was nothing there. He was on the edge of a quarry. Now we're going to come back to this because the problem is what happens when the person didn't hear a voice. It's messy all this. But the reality is that God can speak because you see, here is the news. Jesus is alive. It's not just a happy theory. The third thing is this, God speaks, but discerning his voice can be difficult and is a learned art. God speaks, but discerning his voice can be difficult and it's a learned art. The third time the Lord called Samuel, Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. You know, one of the great things about being part of Timberline is uh, everywhere I go in Fort Collins and sometimes Loveland, I bump into you and you wave and that's nice. And I go into restaurants and I meet you and it's nice. And I went into Austin's restaurant and, uh, on Harmony and there's a bunch of people sitting at the table and I walked in and they waved, hey! So I went over to the table and said, hi guys. They said, hi. They said, how you doing? I said, fine, I just got back from England and I was talking away. You ever have that feeling as you're talking to people that they're actually scared and I'm talking away and I'm talking away and I could see them shifting uncomfortably in their seats and I stopped talking and I said, you don't know me, do you? <laughs> they said, we've never seen you before in our lives. I said, but you waved at me as I walked in. They said, it was the guy behind you. <laughs> okay, you shall go away now forever. I thought you were talking to me. I think sometimes that happens in our relationship with God. And I get worried about those people who make it sound so easy to hear God. In fact, there's this kind of Monty Pythonish scene here. What do you want, Eli? You called me. No, I didn't. Go back to bed. What do you want? You know, go back to no, no, go back to bed. 
there's kind of confusion. Have you ever noticed if you read this text, Eli said to Samuel, say this, speak Lord for your servant is listening. And when Samuel delivered that statement, he didn't say Lord, he just said speak for your servant is listening. He deletes Lord. Even then, he's not sure. That cheers me up. That cheers me up when I think I'm hearing something from God and I'm thinking, is it God? Is it me? Is it that pepperoni pizza I ate last night? The truth is that becoming familiar with his voice is a learned art that is developed over the years. Thank God he confirmed this to Samuel three times. We get to learn to discern the voice of God in our lives. It's a growing experience that happens over the years. Let me say something English to you, okay? I'm going to make a statement now. I've got English, I've got a friend visiting from England this weekend. I know she will immediately know what I'm talking about. Don't talk codswallop. I'm absolutely gobsmacked by you because when something needs to be done, Bob's your uncle, you do it, so just don't throw a wobbly. <laughs> You're sitting there going, what was that? My friend Esther will know mostly. She's young, so not all of it, but she'll know mostly. Why? Because she, like me, has been raised in England. It's a matter of experience. I think hearing the voice of God is like that. We grow to recognize the hints of his voice. Prayer is a way of opening ourselves to the voice of God. Simone Will says, I love this, prayer is simply coming to attention. I love that statement. Coming to attention. And then again, I'm going to come back again to Scripture and, and, and listening to the preacher. That's a good thing to do. But, but not closing your Bible when the service comes to an end. You see, preaching shouldn't conclude a search. It should activate a search. It should, it should sometimes send you out of here saying, man, that got under my skin. What was he talking about? And allowing it to really grab our hearts. And others can help us in our learning. Samuel had Eli. Are there others in your life who can help you when you think God is saying something to you? And then living in an ongoing relationship and friendship with God rather than just a 911 emergency prayer life. You know what I'm talking about? Like G.K. Chesterton said this. Here's G.K. Chesterton, I believe. He said, uh, he said, he said, you say grace before meals. He said, all right, but I say grace before the concert and the opera, and I say grace before the play and the pantomime, and grace before I open a book, and grace before I, I'm sketching, painting, swimming, fencing, boxing, walking, playing, and grace before I dip the pen in ink. He says grace a lot. Bring his photograph back up, if you would. I think he should have said grace before he selected his hairdresser, personally, but <laughs> that's not important right now. But I love this idea of us living gratefully, thankfully, in friendship and relationship with God. Not just the 911 call when we are in trouble. Fourthly, God speaks in the context of ordinary life. God speaks in the context of ordinary life. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And commentators notice that Samuel doesn't, is not told to go and 
fulfill some religious obligations. He's basically told to just go back and do what he's just been doing, which is resting. I think sometimes we can box God in and think that he can only say anything to us when we're in church, when we're singing some songs, or when we're reading the Bible. But Samuel is told, just go back and do what you're doing. That that doesn't mean that there aren't times when we need to quieten our hearts and God doesn't want to shout over the noise of life. But, But let's have an increased anticipation that God can speak to us in our everyday, ordinary lives. Finally, number five, God speaks as we make ourselves available. God speaks as we make ourselves available. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel, and then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. Get this everybody, Samuel heard his name called five times, but he didn't hear any more until he said, I'm available. What do you want? And when he says, I'm the servant of the Lord, the Hebrew literally means, look at me. Look at me, Lord. I am your servant. The word servant there could also be translated slave. You ever come across that that expression that people use these days, talk to the hand? Just talk to the hand, because the face ain't listening. You ever heard that? Terrible grammar. Very nasty thing to say. Talk to the hand. I don't think God is interested in talking to people who have that kind of attitude. But he is looking for people who make themselves available. Anyone here familiar with the call of Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah is having a crisis. He feels his own sinfulness. God sends an angel to burn his face with a coal off the altar. Very helpful. And then God says, God's got a job he wants someone to do. So God says, who will go? Who shall I send? Now there's only Isaiah there. But God, rather than issuing a command, is, if you will, dropping a cosmic hint. And Isaiah says, here am I, Lord. If I can paraphrase it like this. Look at me, Lord. Look at me. I will be one who will serve you. I love this. Dallas Willard says this. written a great book about hearing God, if you'd like to follow up on this. He says, God wants to be wanted. To be wanted enough that we're already predisposed to find him present with us. And if, by contrast, we ready and set find ways of explaining away his gentle overtures, he will rarely respond with fire from heaven. More likely, he will simply leave us alone, and we shall have the satisfaction of thinking ourselves not to be gullible. Love that phrase, gentle overtures. Let me conclude this message before we pray. I want to tell you about Peter and Ricky. I met Peter and Ricky from South Africa. I met them at a retreat I was leading in Spain. And Peter, one evening, shared his and Ricky's story. Peter was out at work. Ricky was at home with their one-year-old. A man broke into her house, threatened her, and proceeded to attack her. 
She was terrified about the welfare of her baby. The attack continued. Peter is at work and for no reason that he can think of just felt this overwhelming compulsion. Call home, call home, call home. He never did that during the day. In fact, his wife should have been out doing the school run, picking up their oldest child. He just felt this overwhelming surge. Phone home, call home, call home. And the phone kept on ringing and ringing and ringing. I don't want to be too graphic about the details of this, but effectively what that did was interrupt the attacker in what he was doing. And in the end, distracted by the constantly ringing telephone, he finally fled and left the house. Peter said to me, he said, I've been bothered for 21 years why God allowed that to happen to my wife. I prayed for her protection. I said, Peter, don't you realize that your prayer was answered through you? Phone home, Peter. Phone home. Now, I need to tell you very quickly before we pray, I know it doesn't always happen that way. In fact, Ricky, and I have her permission to share this, Ricky in her childhood lived on a constant diet of abuse from her father. And the phone didn't ring then. So I don't want to create some Disney-esque view that somehow every tragedy is always averted if we just listen to God. Sometimes God speaking creates more questions because we think, so why didn't he speak there if he spoke here? Would you agree? It's difficult. And I want to acknowledge that and not paint a false picture. That if we just, if we just heard from the Lord, we would avert these tragedies. There are so many things that are happening across the world tonight that are not God's will. That's why we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Just because it happened didn't mean he wanted it. But I want to be someone who is actually willing to say to the Lord afresh in my life, speak Lord because this week your servant is listening would you pray with me let's pray